This week on Emerge Mobile First, a conversation with Lisa Sullivan-Cross, CMO of Art.com. It means really focusing on growing a company through growing user base, growing the revenue, growing the profit, and doing that through the most efficient and effective means. Welcome to Mobile First. You'll find bonus tools, expanded information, and key takeaways on our website, EmergeMobileFirst.com. For a quick and effective way to level up your mobile strategy, again, that's EmergeMobileFirst.com. As CMO at Art.com, Sullivan Cross oversees all marketing, communications, and analytics initiatives for the company, working to position Art.com as a prominent lifestyle brand in the e-commerce space while creating an engaging narrative to inspire consumers to make a personal connection to art. Prior to art.com, Sullivan Cross was Vice President of Growth at Pandora, where she strengthened the Pandora brand and developed marketing programs that contribute to the company's active user and revenue growth, as well as its customer retention gains. With over 20 years marketing experience, she is an innovative data-driven marketer with a track record building and growing businesses at companies such as Lucasfilm, Warner Brothers, Dictionary.com, Evite, Billboard, and Adweek. Lisa, thank you for joining us today. I'm really excited to have you here. Glad to be here. Yeah. So like we talked about originally, I like to start by digging into your origin story to understand what makes you tick and what shapes your perspective. Because today I want to unlock how you build successful online and mobile businesses and divisions again and again. So Lisa, what are you most passionate about in your profession and why? I would say I love the combination of data and marketing. And I love to forge new ground at companies. And I really need to be marketing a product that I'm passionate about. So a product that moves and inspires and entertains me. So that's why you'll see throughout my career, I've worked in the movies. So companies like New Line Cinema, Warner Brothers, Lucasfilm, or in music at Pandora or now at art.com. So if it's not something that I feel can have an emotional connection and an impact with, with a person, I think it's, it's difficult for me to market that as best I can. So I always choose products that I'm passionate about as a person. What created that in you? Because I love the, these words that you're using are really powerful. It moves, inspires, entertains, emotional, forge. Those are powerful. So what in your upbringing inspired that in you? Well, that's a good question. In my upbringing, I moved around a lot as a kid to different, different schools, different cities. So I was, I was always the new kid and maybe turning to, to uh, films or, or music or artwork in my, in my surroundings are things that made me feel, feel good, feel at home and feel comfortable from a personal perspective that could be playing into it. But I also, I like to think I'm a pretty authentic person and that's why I like to work for companies where I'm, I'm marketing things that I truly love because then I think that authenticity comes through in the marketing programs and in being able to grow the business and coming from that, that authentic place. Interesting. So it's kind of like an expressive thing for you. Yeah. Very cool. 
you graduated with a bachelor's in communication, which to me makes a lot of sense with the career path that you took. And so is that kind of what caused you to want to get into communications? And then what along the way turned you into this data-driven marketer? Yeah, so I started out my college career in business uh, with, a, with a, a business major. And then I shifted to communication about halfway through. I have a good balance of loving math and quantifying things, but I felt a career in the communication marketing field was more in line with, with my passions. And so, you know, I made that shift halfway through college for that reason. And then, you know, set my sights on advertising and marketing uh, with an internship in a marketing group during college. And then started my career on the ad agency side for a startup. Uh, when I joined, I think I was the fourth hire and founded the account service team. And it was back when amazon.com had just launched as Earth's biggest bookstore. And that was my account for three years. And so we did their first ever banner ad and being uh, in lockstep with that company. Uh, and as you know, that they're, they're very, very data-driven and have been able to, I think some of their success is by knowing their, their customers really well and, and what they want and serving up recommendations. So anyway, being aligned with that, that company and forming their digital strategy, that's where I got my base. And that was my jumping off point. I, I knew that I always wanted to have that, bring that data-centric approach to anything that I did on the career side. Interesting. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That resonates a lot with me because I also was a math major that transitioned to business and also playing baseball growing up. I just, I have that data driven approach too. And I, I just was curious what caused that for you. So that makes a lot of sense. Now progressing, you, you've worked for a lot of really cool companies and you've had some, some pretty decent step ups, it looks like. And jumping into dictionary.com to then Pandora to now art.com. Can you talk about that path you took and some of the personal growth that you made along the way to correlate to some of the success? After a few years on the agency side, I knew that I wanted to move to the client side because of that love of data, because on the agency side, you can only get so close to the data, right? Because you, you get to put together an ad campaign and measure that campaign, but then you're not a part inside the company of actually growing that business and getting to see all of the other data that the company has on their customers. And so it was a pretty clear path for me to go to the client side. I was at New Line and Warner Brothers, and then, and then I made my way to Lucasfilm. I actually cold called the head of digital at Lucasfilm. And well, it took me about 15 calls to actually get him to pick <laughs> up. But once I did, I uh, pitched him on the idea that they should have an e-commerce division and they didn't at the time. So he was intrigued, agreed to meet with me. So I met with him for an hour and presented a sort of a straw man business plan. You know, I, I was actually in New York at, at New Line Warner Brothers and had a, a very solid job with benefits. Uh, and I, I took a, a big risk here because he told me in that interview, he said, all right, if you want to quit your job, come 
on as a, a contractor for three months, build this visit business plan, present it to the exact staff of Lucasfilm and to Mish, who was the president. And if they buy off on it, great, we'll hire you. You can build it. And But if, if they don't, you, you're out of a job. So I took that risk and, and it paid off. I was there five and a half years. I built the e-commerce division and then, and then later the web group. And so I, I think that risk-taking is, is really, really important, both in career and in business. And, and we'll, we'll probably get to that later. Uh, and then made my way to Pandora. And what attracted me to Pandora most was starting the growth discipline from scratch. So they didn't have anyone at the company in any growth role, either on the, the product or, or marketing side. And so getting to start that and start their first ever paid marketing program was really, really interesting for me. And uh, I got to really use that love of data to set up the infrastructure to track and measure everything that, that we did on the marketing side. So you, you use this term growth discipline. Can you unpack that a little bit and maybe define it? I know growth marketing is a little bit of a, a buzzword and can have some different meanings, but, but for me, it means really focusing on growing a company through growing user base, growing the revenue, growing the profit, and doing that through the most efficient and effective means. And so that can mean marketing and performance marketing or a combination of brand and performance marketing that creates the highest ROI, those paired together, and then engagement marketing, and then product side. You can't just market and not think about where a user is going to land in in a digital environment. And so making sure that you have product and engineering invested in that growth discipline so that you optimize conversion when somebody downloads the Pandora app, making sure they open the app and listen or subscribe. And so you, you mentioned these, these couple forms of marketing and one that stuck out to me was performance marketing. So what's the difference between brand marketing, performance marketing? Can you give me some examples? Performance marketing, as I define it, can also be called direct response marketing. So you have very strict KPIs that you're, that you're working under and that exposure to that ad is driving an immediate action. And also in performance marketing, I think everything needs to be evaluated on return on ad spend and ultimately on LTV. And so are, are we driving or re-engaging customers with the highest LTV? So customers that will have the highest impact on the business. And then uh, on the brand marketing side, typically those KPIs are different in that you're trying to change hearts and minds. So increase brand awareness, increase preference for the brands so that ultimately people use the product, but it may not be an, an immediate action. And what I've found is those two things are both really important and mm-hmm. they work together. And I, I would say there's a third thing, which is engagement marketing, which, which is equally important. So my, my philosophy centers around ad sequencing. And so making sure that you know how all of that media is working together. So say you show somebody a brand video and they say they 
click on the, the video or, or view the video and then come to art.com or to Pandora as the case may be, but they don't listen to Pandora or they don't buy a product on art.com, then being able to retarget them and serve them a performance or direct marketing ad that ties into the brand campaign to try to close that deal and convert them. Or maybe it's an email or a mobile push notification. So that interplay between the media cross device and cross platform is really important. Really cool. So when you come in, you, you mentioned a couple of different things here, which I would love to dig in deeper with you. This one that we've been talking about is just kind of how you categorize these different types of marketing and you really associate different KPIs to them and then understand their interdependency to you know create this ROI essentially for that department. And then you have this also this understanding of you mentioned product engineering and the different departments and how they talk together. And so I would love to maybe more clearly define what this system is or this process is as you come into this. When you're looking at Pandora, for example, because we're on this, this one, we'll jump to art.com in a second, but with Pandora, what are the first things that you're looking at when you, when you came into this? Was it defining what the marketing needs to be and then, then laying out those pieces? Or do you look at what pieces are in place and then define you know, those KPIs and then work from there? Like what's, what's your approach when you come into that? Defining the high level growth metrics, growth KPIs. So wanting to grow revenue or variable contribution or users, you know, at, at X percent each quarter over time. But then the, the first thing is to set up the infrastructure to be able to track and measure everything. So at Pandora, the first thing I did was set up that, that infrastructure to be able to, to track all of our marketing. And it can be challenging on, on mobile app, or at least especially four and a half years ago it was, mm -hmm. tracking everything from view to click through to conversion and, and through to uh, LTV, basically. And then setting up an A-B test framework for the product features and for our marketing channels, right? Email, mobile mm -hmm. push, and things like that was extremely important. So those are the groundwork that needs to be laid, I think, in order to make this happen. So I'm just re gonna reiterate here. So you said, first of all, set up the infrastructure to track, which includes this kind of uh, click funnels, right? From views to clicks to conversion, just those conversion funnels. And then having those in place, then setting up a form of A-B testing as kind of that step two of that infrastructure to track. Yeah, and on the first part, I would just pause on, on the first part, uh, setting up the, the tracking and measurement for the ads. It's, it's really important to establish the connection with, work very closely with the finance team and establish the connection through to LTV because a lot of people don't do that. They get their tracking mechanisms in place and then are not measuring all the way through to, to ROI and profitability, variable contribution and things like that. Interesting. Okay. So then from there, are you sort of benchmarking at what that base is to then set those KPIs and those growth goals? Or what is that next step? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so there's a high level business goals. And then the next thing you want to do is set specific KPIs for each piece of what you're doing. So for 
performance marketing, for example, we want to look at not just cost per install, because that's not super valuable, but cost per order or cost per for Pandora. It could be cost per listener, um, cost per subscriber, that sort of thing. But then looking at, at ROAS, which is return on ad spend, and then CLTV, which is customer LTV for, for each of those cohorts. And so at the time you were at Pandora, right? 80% of their users were mobile. Is that right? Yes. And so what was the, that first constraint or challenge that you had to overcome to putting this system in place, given that a lot of those users were mobile and it's, and I mean, now it's probably increased. Yeah. So in, in at Pandora, it wasn't just that 80% of the users were on mobile, but it was that 80% of the usage was on mobile app, which four and a half years ago was, was a lot less trackable than, than mobile web and still is. Uh, we've come away a long way in the last four, four years, but I would say one of the biggest marketing challenges when we started four and a half years ago was tracking that you through a click through conversion all the way through to ROAS and LTV. That, that took a lot of time and energy and blood, sweat, and tears to set up, <laughs> especially with some partners, some of the walled garden partners that we were marketing with. And then I would say multi-channel attribution. So with both Pandora and art.com, we had people like with Pandora, we had people who would listen on maybe the desktop web at work, but then mobile app outside of work on the way home at home, whatever it may be. And then at art.com, we have people who start their purchase on the mobile app, but then may complete it on desktop web. So having that cross platform view is important. And then, like I mentioned before, the ad sequencing. So making sure that you know which ads people saw and can attribute a value to each of those ads in the past, right? So we determined at Pandora and we're running some tests here as well, that if we had a video ad in the past, so if we evaluate a video ad for performance marketing individually, it would not meet our KPIs. But if we had a video ad and then showed a display ad, it increased the performance of the display ad by say 20%. And so that means that the entire marketing program is more efficient. And so making sure that you are assigning an attribution to each communication that the customers or potential customer is seeing. So those, those two things are, were challenging uh, and we, we worked through them and, and were able to create systems to measure those, but definitely challenging. Well, yeah, and there's so many variables there with all the various channels and the combinations of those types of ads, I can imagine. <laughs> Right. And there's some, right, like SEM ads, Google does not provide you any view through conversion data. You only get data if somebody clicks and converts. Where most other channels, you do get that view through, that view, view data. And then some channels, you know, if you serve someone an ad and they don't convert and others, you don't. So it's pretty intricate. And I think there are some assumptions that have to be made and a lot of testing and experimentation within specific channels. So in transitioning to art.com, can you maybe give us a little description for those of us who, who may not know about art.com, what it is and, and what you guys do? Sure, sure. Yeah. So we aim to make art accessible to, to all. 
we're doing that by transforming the way the world discovers art. We aim to be the easiest way for people to discover, buy, and enjoy art. So there are a lot of a lot of pain points around around choosing an art piece and putting it putting it in your home. And we like to think that we alleviate those pain points and can connect a person with an, an art piece that is going to be a piece that they love and it's going to improve their space and their disposition in, in, in life and, and, and fulfill, fulfill them through that artwork. Yeah. Cause I know you guys have a lot of, of digital uh, properties and we, you know, briefly discussed some mobile components that you guys are working in. So I'm, I'm curious the transition coming from Pandora that was, you know, that one Pandora mobile app where that's a lot of the consumption to now where you're dealing with more digital properties. Can you maybe explain how the organization is laid out a little bit and, and how some of these things intersect? I think, think artwork is for, for us at, at a company level, we, we don't define that just as, as wall art. I mean, artwork can be, we have, we have, essentially have three business units. We have art.com. We have allposters.com and then we have a B2B art business unit. And so the all posters brand sells posters, mugs, t-shirts, those types of products. And those products help people express themselves, whether it be wearing a t-shirt to support a movement such as Black Lives Matter, or whether it be you have a Game of Thrones poster on your wall and you want to connect with people because of the love of that that TV show. And so those businesses ladder up to the same, to the same purpose. And then we have mobile apps right now for all posters and we are developing an app and apps, iOS and Android for art.com right now that will uh, be coming out in Q4. So then as the CMO, what are you currently uh, focusing on? Like what's your main focus? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> I've been here about six months, and I would say my first priority was to diversify our performance marketing channels, because when I came on board, we were primarily a, an SEM, SEO-driven business. We, we've had success in, in the past six months, and will continue to have success, I think, in diversifying those channels, because SEM is really a, a lower funnel marketing placement. And so what we've been able to do is get channels to work that attract higher value customers. So people who have higher order value, higher repeat rate, really being able to be proactive and connect with the customers we we think are going to love our products. And in a visual way, right? SEM and SEO are not visual and our product is very visual. So right. uh, some of these social channels like Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, or display ad networks, programmatic DSPs, things like that. So that that's one very high priority. And then there's brand development. So working to make sure that we connect with, with our customers and poten- potential customers with, with our mission and, and our purpose and are, are able to provide them with, with products that will, will help us all realize that together and, you know, connect artists with, with consumers, with, with people. 
with you know diversifying the performance metrics, what's your biggest constraint there? Because when we're talking about Pandora, we talked about, well, first, we didn't have a lot of insight into a lot of the mobile metrics, which made it tough. And for various channels, you have different you know, extensive insight. And so now coming to art.com, uh, is that the main constraint you're currently facing as well? Or is there a new constraint that is the number one thing? One big constraint is until recently, until that this new leadership team was on board, I don't think the company was super focused on on mobile. And so we really now, we really are very focused on mobile and we want to meet the customer where we are. And, and, and that's, that's where they are on mobile. You know, our traffic has been moving to mobile for, for a very long time. And just recently, we've been able to turn that traffic into revenue at a higher rate. So optimizing that mobile web experience and developing mobile apps are some ways that we're doing that. And then, of course, marketing on mobile, again, meeting customers where they are. And so making sure that we're able to get mobile channels to work from a marketing perspective, but also, you know, back to that growth mentality and working with the product team to make sure that the mobile product and, and the mobile product optimizes conversion when we're get, getting people to the app or to the site. Got it. So it sounds like that growth mentality was kind of that first roadblock and that stemmed from maybe stakeholder buy-in. Would you say that was maybe the, the, the bigger one? getting that in place so that you had the buy-in and, and that, that leadership support to then make that adjustment as a team to that growth mentality? Yeah, I think growth mentality and the, a big part of the growth mentality is meeting customers where they, where they are. And I, and, I, and I think that's just something that came a little later at this company and, and it's in full force now. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. So do you think that's from the regime change or was there, were there some exercises or different things that happened to also cultivate that? I think the new leadership team. Uh, so Kira, who, who's our new CEO started about nine months ago, she hired me and uh, we have other amazing uh, leadership team members who've come on board in the past six months I think all of us have come on board with a high awareness of the importance of mobile. And so I think that that's where that's coming from. And, you know, everyone at the company is on board and and fired up about it. But I think having all of us uh, on the leadership team, in, in most cases, coming from that world where mobile is essential. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And I feel like there's a lot of companies out there that want to make this transition and have this growth mentality that fires you up so much. And a lot of times they have a lot of constraints where it, it could be the organization, the way things are structured. It could be insight to have the data to know how to grow. And it could be just getting that stakeholder buy-in. And so I think that's really interesting that with that, and getting everyone on board to make that shift that allowed you to do it. And have you maybe had an experience in the past where you didn't quite have as much of that, that leadership focus that constrained you from, from having this growth mentality or you had everyone on board to have that growth mentality? Did you have that experience in the past? And if so, you know, what do you do in those situations? I have actually. And, and uh, interesting, interestingly enough, I, I've used data to, to break down those barriers. So thinking about 
for example, Lucasfilm and why they should have an e-commerce division. Also at Lucasfilm, uh, things like the advent of, of video in the film industry and uh, video distribution. So I think, I think in those cases, if you can show people data for why this would be good for the business, why consumers, uh, you know, confidence level that consumers want this. I, I think that's, I mean, even at Pandora, just having to prove that and we didn't scale our marketing overnight. Uh, I had to prove that, that I could, I could make this marketing spend pay out before, before I could scale it up. So it, it's always comes down to providing data to show leadership that this is good for the business or it's going to be good for the business. I like that. That's that through line. It's connecting it right back to establishing that infrastructure to track and then putting in these different funnels and doing the testing and doing that experimentation so that you can build that case to make that change. Love it. And so where should we go to keep tabs on your work, Lisa? Our social channels. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and then we have a blog for uh, art.com and for all posters. Uh, yeah. Any, any, exciting things happening, uh, whether it be with our business or with our products and innovations in product features and things like that, uh, or new artwork, right. And, and mm -hmm. cool artists who are coming out with, with new stuff. So our, I would say social channels and, and blog. Great. And so I'll make sure to link to those in the show notes so everyone can quickly access that and check out the blog. And then obviously you can go check out art.com to see all the things that are happening there. And then also Make sure to tune in this Friday for a rapid fire round where Lisa's going to be sharing some of her most valuable resources. Thank you so much for joining us today and, and sharing your insight. I really love the system that you have for how you, you come into these companies and you establish what's necessary to actually have this growth mentality and then to take that to success, which you've proven time and time again. So again, thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, thank you. Nice to meet you. Hey, thank you for listening. Make sure to tune in this Friday for this week's guest resources from our rapid fire question round. And I'm always happy to be a resource in any way that I can. So visit emergemobilefirst.com to reach out to me directly or for additional insights, resources, and bonus tools that can help catapult your organization to the next level. Until next time, think mobile first.